You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about how to set a mood, a reading mood. <laughs> that was a saxophone I was doing I know, with my I, mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of a careless whisper by George Michael. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> that's definitely it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just uh, how do you do a saxophone? Help you set the mood for reading, but first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm reading a book you've already read, but I thought I'd talk about it because you've talked about it so much that I felt like I needed to read it. Because oh, my it's gonna, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the book of the most precious substance by Sarah yes! Grant. Yeah. I just started it. I just started a couple of days ago. I will say, can, can con- concur? Can't agree. I can tell you. I have not been able to put it down. Um, it yes! is definitely for people who like books about books. If you like stuff, steamy stuff, this is, uh, I'm only like 10% in, maybe 20% in. Um, but uh, it's about a woman, in case you haven't heard Mallory talk about it 45 times uh, this year, it is about, <laughs> um, but I'll make it quick. It is about a woman who um, has her own problems, but basically is in this situation where she's uh, a book. She was a, she was a novelist, but now she's a rare book dealer. And someone comes to her and says, "Oh, there's this book called The Book of the Most Precious Substance that someone I know will pay a lot of money for." And so that guy, uh, I don't think this is a spoiler, but that guy quickly um, gets killed. And then she goes on yes. a quest to try to find this book. And there is a handsome man with her still right now. I don't know if that continues. Um, she has a sick husband at home who has Alzheimer's, some sort of early onset Alzheimer's or something like that. And it's about her traveling around. And the book is, like, kind of sexy, and rich people use it to, you know, get stuff. I don't know. It's not clear to me yet what it is. But anyway, Mallory keeps talking about it, so I decided I had to read it because I know it's going to be on her end-of-year list, and I was like, okay, I should read this and know what she's talking about. I'm so happy. It is described as an erotic thriller, this book. An erotic thriller. Would you say it is? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, there is no bit. One of the best feelings in the world is one of your when one of your friends reads a book that you love and you can talk to them about it. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? I am reading a book that's coming out next month. Uh, at the end of next month, it comes out August 23rd, I think. Um, it is called Reluctant Immortals by Gwendolyn Kistie. And folks, I think this is going to be a glasser book. Um, it is a, it's about, it takes place in the 1960s in San Francisco. And it is about... Lucy Westerna from Dracula and um, Bertha Mason from Jane Eyre. And they are in 1960s San Francisco and they are best friends and they have both, they have banded together because they've both been made immortal by what has happened to them. And they both kind of talk about how their stories were sort of butchered by these authors and they're best friends and they go to like the drive in every night and they like wear cool sixties clothes and stuff. Um, But they are, trying to escape from their past. Like Lucy still has, she has Dracula with her in these urns that she has to guard. And she's always terrified that they're going to break open and he's going to come out. And then uh, Mr. Rochester uh, is still out and about in the world. And Bertha is, she calls herself B is hiding from him. Um, and there, it's basically about these two women who have been, as the title says, made immortal reluctantly. They don't, they did not ask for this life and about them sort of banding together and, getting out of their toxic relationships with these like immortal monster men. Um, 
so it's a historical book. It's a horror book. It's a book about free female friendship, and it's super fun. Like I could, it's I can totally see where where you would be like, oh, is that kind of weird? Like taking these two women and from d- different books and putting them together. It absolutely works. It's super fun. It's a great summer book because it takes place in like in um in or it starts in L.A. and then it goes up to San Francisco because it's like so it's like taking place in the '60s in California and it's uh, it's just really fun. And there's like some cult stuff that ha- it happens, but a lot of it is about their their friendship and their trust with each other and them trying to help each other get out of these terrible relationships and get over the trauma from these awful relationships that they had oh my god it's super fun uh so that's reluctant immortals by gwendolyn kisty and mine is the book of the most precious substance by sarah gran We want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got more people who wrote in about book tracking. So many emails about book tracking. I love it. I, there was yeah. a big discussion about it in the Slack channel. I love seeing all the ways that different people track their books and reading. Ryan said, I was listening to your recent episode about the best way to track your reading and thought about how chaotic my method is. <laughs> First, I add the book onto my physical bookshelf right next to the last book I read. So they're all in chronological order of when I read them. Hmm. Wow. Okay. That is the first time I've ever heard anyone doing that. I love Pers- it. And then Personal I mark- chronology for organizing your bookshelf? Yes. And then Ryan marks it as read on Goodreads to track virtually. And then I journal about the book right inside the book. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have a method of what I track or how I write about it, but I always write a note on the cover page or, or one of those blank pages in the back. I've written reviews, ratings, sometimes just one word, good. It makes my library feel more personal and I love revisiting each book. Thanks for making a podcast I look forward to every week. I usually listen at least twice because they're so fun. This is... wow cool as hell I imagine getting like ryan gives away some of these books they end up at like you know a used bookstore place and you open it up and it just says good on the inside i love it that you're is, like all right i'll buy that really, book good it, it would be really cool especially if you were doing rereads to see like what oh, did, who did we talk it was writer strong who yeah. talked about how he he does this too um it'd be really cool to like see what you thought of it last time and what you got out of this time i think this is it is chaotic but it, i think it's chaotic good yeah. i think this is oh it's chaotic good extremely yeah, f- cool for sure for sure i um so in the movie high fidelity and i think in the book too he organizes his records by uh biography they're bi- biographically organized i remember us yeah. you telling me about this yeah so it's not that weird i guess which is kind of what <laughs> ryan is doing I love it. Yeah. So Helen wrote in and said, I am thinking of starting a reading journal looking into Rocketbook Smart Reusable Notebook. Um, I have a friend who- Have you seen these? I don't know it. Uh Uh-uh. I have a friend who uses one for general note-taking and she loves it because you can write in it like a paper notebook. Oh, you know, maybe I have. Uh, But then you can transfer what you write to a computer document via an app of some sort. Then you wipe the notebook clean and you just reuse it over and over again. They have full-size notebooks and small notebook sizes. I love this idea because you can carry the notebook with you anywhere, write whatever you want, save it all on your computer, and then reuse again. Great way to reduce paper use, which is great. Any glasses ever used this before? What do they think of how it works? Um, no, but we should add this to our Amazon wish list. Did you already do it? No, I, but I, I put this in here because I would love to see um, if, if any other glassers use this, use this for reading. Um, it is. I've never used one of these, but I've seen them, and I know some writers who love them. Um, it basically is like it looks like a giant ebook, mm-hmm. and but it's like a blank page, and you can write whatever, and then it just you know you save that that page. Um, oh yeah, I see. Huh? Rocket book 
Reusable. Huh, interesting. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's very cute looking. Um, it it is. It looks very fashionable. I mean, this is the kind of thing I feel like I u I still use a lot of physical notebooks, and this could be an interesting way to not do that anymore. Although this one's only thirty seven dollars. Are some of them not really reusable? I thought they were way more expensive. Are some of them just actual notebooks? No, they're not. They're I don't know. All... I'm looking right. I'm looking right now. Yeah, it looks like it's only. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought they were really expensive. Yeah, put it on our wish list. So, because if someone wants to get us this, I would love to test it out. We'll see uh, see if it works as a book journal. Okay, done. It's on our wish list. And then Bethany wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is cults, books in which books and reading are key to character development or plot, intense female friendships, complex families, multi-generational stories, 70s, 80s, and 90s settings. Main character loves music, especially if there's a pivotal concert scene. <laughs> there are a lot of pivotal concert scenes mm-hmm. in music books. That's interesting. Uh, nonfiction audiobooks, especially memoir, uh, novels with multiple timelines, novels set outside the U.S. that immerse the reader in that culture, in boarding school setting, outsider challenging the status quo. Definitely a glasser. Yeah, that's the the outsider. Is, yeah, that's a very that's a very glasser thing to say. Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, quick bookmarks from us. UK folks, my London event has finally been announced. I am so excited. I'm going to come to the Waterstones on Gower Street Wednesday, July 27th. It starts at 630. There'll be a link in the show notes. It's going to be me talking about girly drinks, uh, answering questions, um, maybe talking about reading glasses and books and stuff. It's going to be super, super fun. I would absolutely love to see some glassers there. Um, I'm going to be in the UK that whole week. Uh, The rest of the UK dates will be on my website. I'll put a link to that as well. But yeah, London folks, please come out Wednesday, July 27th, 630. Come hear me talk about girly drinks. Quick note for me, uh, my movie I directed, Torn Hearts, is out on Epics, coming soon to it's your so home. Good. If you subscribe to Epics, if you don't, you should subscribe. It comes out um, on July 22nd. And also, if you're going to go to Comic-Con this year, I'm also going to go. I'm going to do two panels on Saturday. Uh, one at 5.30 which I'm going to stay at for 30 minutes, and then I'm going to go and do one at 6 because um, <laughs> I got asked to do both of them, and uh, the 531 seemed cool with that. So um, come see me. You can look at my um, Instagram for when and where, but I will be doing those panels. If you're at Comic-Con, it would be nice to see some glasser faces in the audience. The first one is about monsters, so I'll get to talk about Mary, um, and then the other one is about... Um, uh, women making movies. Um, and I'm on there with some cool people, um, some cool other female filmmakers. So, um, yeah, join us at Comic-Con on, um, I, both of them are on that Saturday, um, July the 23rd. So before we talk about setting a reading moon, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, Glassers. Why don't we talk a little bit about feeling good? Maybe you're feeling a little anxious and overwhelmed, not good at all. These feelings can make it hard to shift gears and get in the mood to feel good. But hey, guess what? With Dipsy, you can focus on what makes you feel good. That's why we love Dipsy. And Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. 
Y'all know we love this app. It is so cute. It has all sorts of stories. You can go through it. You can see what you like. You can pick what you like based on what you're in the mood for. And you can also, one thing we really like, we like talking about, is you can skip forward to the sexy parts. Let's say you're like, I want to be on this car ride with these people for a little ways, but I just want to get to the sexy part. You can just skip right forward because this is an app full of sexy stories. This app, Dipsy, brings all sorts of scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. You can find stories about that intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. And... We really appreciate it. Dipsy even has sleep stories, wellness stories, and now they also offer written stories. You can enjoy Dipsy no matter how you want to listen. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. Can I just tell you, you're not going to get through all the stories you want to hear in 30 days, but 30 days will give you a shot at trying some out. And look, You have nothing to lose. Just go try this 30-day free trial. You're going to find all sorts of stuff you like. We've gotten amazing feedback from our listeners. And I have friends who are like, Dipsy sponsors your show? I love Dipsy. So go to Dipsy today and get 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash glasses. That's dipseastories.com slash glasses. Glasses. Hi, I'm Janet Varney, and just like you, I survived high school. And we're not alone. On my podcast, The JV Club, I invite some of my friends to share the highs and lows of their teen years, like moments with Aisha Tyler. But when you're a kid, the stakes are just pretty low. Go to school, try not to get in trouble, get laid. Jamila Jamil. I watched television probably every waking hour during that time when I was shit-faced on medicine. And Dave Holmes. We talked and talked, and then everybody left. It was just us two, and I was like, I love you. Learn how you too can be a functioning adult after the drama and heartbreak of high school. Every week on the JV Club with Janet Varney. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a judgment-free show. This week, we're helping you get in the mood to read. (laughs) What if you want to get reading done, but you're just not in the mood? We are here to help you seduce yourself into a book. Bria, does this ever happen to you? You just like want to read. You're in the mood to get some reading done and you're just not in the mood. Oh, yeah, definitely. Happened the other day. I was on the couch. (laughs) Picture it. I was on the couch. (laughs) I thought I could read that new book I got from the library that Mallory keeps hounding me about reading. Um, (laughs) The book that I am currently reading. But instead, I was already laying down, so I just watched TV, and I was too lazy to get up and go get that stupid book. Um, Even though I really wanted to, (laughs) but I just, I really was torn because I was like, I do really want to watch this TV show I've been watching. Um, So it it was like I couldn't convince myself to do it. What about you? Does this ever happen to you? Do you really want to read, but sometimes you're you're just... Something keeps you back. Some some sort of invisible block keeps you back from reading. Yeah, it's called laziness. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say you're, you're not you're lazy if you don't feel like reading. But I think it, it happens to me all the time. I think it happens to every reader. It's extra funny now because 
I keep my little, I have a little metal rolling cart, which we should review at some point on the show because I'm obsessed with it. Um, but that's my TBR and it's right next to the TV. <laughs> so sometimes it's just like staring at me, you know, when I'm watching Helpful. something instead of reading. Because mm -hmm. um, really for me, is sometimes you're just not in the mood to concentrate because when you are reading, even no matter what, if you're reading an audiobook or a, a print book, whatever you're reading, you are helping to power the story in a way that is not happening with television or a movie um sometimes you just want the story directly beamed at your face you know you don't, <laughs> you don't you don't want to you're 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 tired you are stressed out for whatever reason or you're just you don't feel like getting up whatever it is you just yeah. don't feel like doing it and I, I the problem I have too is sometimes I've talked about you know I, on an average work day I'll talk about two or three different stories because I've read a script I'm talking about a script I'm working on a script mm -hmm. so it's like I'm doing so much story stuff that I'm like I can't participate in one more story which you think yes. means I can't watch TV, but no, TV is just like a different kind of thing. Cause you're right. It's just being shown to you. And I don't, I don't have to do much participation, but there's something about reading that it's like, yeah, it feels a little bit harder. Yeah. I mean, it happens to me because I, for work, I research so much. So sometimes I'm like, yeah. I read two full books on redacted because I haven't, we haven't, my, me and my publisher have not announced what the uh, subject of my next book is. Um, and then I sit down and I'm like, do I really want to read more? for fun now mm -hmm. that I'm done with working. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes the answer is no. And so we're going to help tell, we're going to tell you how to fix this. Um, and bes obviously besides giving yourself permission not to read and letting go of the guilt, well, we want to say first off the bat, if you're not in the mood to read because you're tired, you're stressed, whatever it is, that is totally fine. Always let yourself off the hook, go watch a movie, go play a video game, go hang out with your cat, whatever you want to do. But sometimes you actually really do want to get some reading done and you want to get yourself in the mood to read how do you do it Bria what sets a reading mood for you what are some tips so for me switching locations helps if I'm in that situation where, oh, I, where I'm on tip. the couch which is where the room where I watch tv it's gonna be hard for me because tv's right there the tv is taunting me it's letting me know there are so many shows I haven't watched and people are talking about these shows and how am I going to have an opinion about these shows? Um, so, <laughs> I need to make opinions. <laughs> so I have to physically move somewhere else. Um, one thing that really helps me personally, and I'm, I'm very fortunate because I live in Los Angeles, California. Um, I like to go to parks. I like to go outside. I put a little outdoor bench in front of my house. My dog loves it. We go sit on the outdoor bench. I read. She And, and it's just something about it is just nice. I just move locations, going to a park, making a date of it. But even if I just go to a different couch or go and don't sit at my normal spot on the couch where I'm uh -huh. watching TV, I just move locations. That is going to help because I just associate this with passive entertainment. And instead I'm looking for something more active. What you got? What do you got? You got some tips? Oh yeah. I go all out. First <laughs> off, I make sure the book that I pick is really compelling. I mean, that's that good. is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And this is where dumping the book comes in. If you are in the mood to read, maybe you're just not in, in the mood to read the book that you have right now. Yeah, maybe that's you true. just need a new book. And I get that. Um, so uh, if I have not been, uh, I went through a big book slump this year. And to get out of it, you know, I just stopped thinking about things that I felt like I needed to read. And I picked out something that I was wicked excited about and curious about and rearing, rearing to read. Mm -hmm. And so that really helped. And then I get a nice little snack or a drink or both. So I don't have to get up, which is really helpful. Um, I make sure I'm in comfy clothes and I've got pillows and blankets and whatever. I need to be cozy depending on the weather and the time of the year. It, Jeremy calls it like my little reading encampments, mm. you know, cause I'll be on the couch and I'll have a blanket and several beverages and a snack and a nice. napkin. And it's just like <laughs> Mallory's little, little reading outpost mm -hmm. all the things 
things I possibly need within reach. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that the convenience is a big is a big part of it. Um, and, and like you said, everything's within reach. And so do that. Keep that book somewhere where you're going to read it. Like I always have mm-hmm. a few minutes in the morning when I'm eating breakfast and I could scroll Instagram because God knows my phone is right there. It's always right there. <laughs> I think it's attached to my hand or I could read. <laughs> and if I have a poetry book sitting right there that I can't ignore, it will encourage me to read. No mood setting needed. It's just there. I can just do it. Um, and that oh, yeah. it gets me in the mood because it's so convenient. I don't have to like go find my book or whatever. It's just like, oh, this is just a book I can read in the morning. And it's kind of an easy thing to get me going. Oh, that, that happened to me the other day where I was finally done with work and I changed into some comfier clothes and I went upstairs because our, our bedroom and our offices are downstairs and our kitchen and stuff is upstairs. It's a weird mountain house setup. And I got on the couch and I had a drink and I was all like got all comfy and then I realized I forgot my Kobo next to the bed and I was like guess who doesn't feel like going downstairs yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it really (laughs) ended up watching yeah I watched something instead I I was like oh I'll find a documentary to watch because I like I just was so tired I just did not feel like going downstairs again Mm. I and I could I missed out on a whole evening of reading because sometimes you just don't feel like it and yeah, it's okay to fun. not feel like you want to go downstairs or 100%. upstairs or whatever your, whatever your floor plan is in your home. <laughs> yeah, so as much as I focus on making sure I have everything I want or need within reach so I don't get up, I also make sure that everything that could distract me is not within reach. Because like if my phone, I I, I, I have been trying to do this thing where I keep my phone nearby, like I'll put it on the coffee table. So if someone calls, like I can look at it you know, and see what's going Like I can see if something, my, you know, my excuse to keep my phone on me at all, at all times is like, oh my God, what if someone calls and there's an emergency? So I put it on the coffee table. So if it's nearby, I can hear it vibrating. Um, uh, but I can act I, to actually like look at Instagram. I'd have to get up off the couch to go mm, get grab it. You know great. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And same with the remotes for the TV. I basically make it so that I am so cozy and comfortable that I don't want to get up and that doing anything else besides reading would require effort. Right. I think that that is, that is key. And your phone has a do not disturb thing on there and you oh, yeah. can set it for that and give it exceptions for people who can disturb. So, you know, you won't miss those important calls, but you are on my do not, you're, you're on my list. Oh, thanks Mallory. <laughs> but I, I think like, look, you don't need to hear from like that text chain that is going to have like 45 texts today anyway. Like no. you don't have to look at that immediately. So you can always play, put it on do not disturb. Or Jeremy, my boyfriend has this thing. I forget what it's called, but he has it on his computer, but you can get it on your phone and actually like block social media oh, yeah. for uh-huh. however long you set it. Those things freak me out. We've talked about them on the show before, but you can always try it. Yeah, for if sure. If you like get too distracted by getting on social media or whatever. Um, yeah. Try it, set sure. your phone so that you can't, literally can't. I think also thinking about reading time as like, this is my time for reading and setting mm-hmm. aside that time and realizing that this is self-care. This is what you're doing is good for you. It'll make you happy. Just check any past episode of the show and we tell you why reading is good for you. So if you think of it in the same way that you're like, oh, you know what's good for me is like relaxing in the tub or like the things we do that we're like, I don't know, sometimes it's hard for me to get started, but you know that at the end, if you go get the book and sit somewhere comfortable and get cozy, you'll be like, I just had a nice night reading. Like that is, that mm-hmm. will make you feel good at the end. And it's sort of like recognizing that it is okay to take that time for yourself and do that. And you don't have to clean the house. You don't have to catch up on whatever TV show people are talking about. You can just read your fucking book. Just sit there and it'll be great. And you'll have a good time. Uh And recognizing that that is important, just as important as all the other things. 
Yes. I definitely do find that the more I do it, like I've been, I got out of a reading slump and I've been reading a ton lately. And just like, it feels like the more you read, the more you want to read. Mm Because your brain's like, ooh, sitting here and reading my little book with my little glass of wine. Like, this is so nice. And it it form, it like, so when you start, you start to think about reading as like a thing you get to do instead of like, oh, I should really do some reading, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, my last tip for this is reading music. Um, we did a whole episode on this and people, some people can do, can read, like my boyfriend, Jeremy cannot, the, the world has to be silent. Like he will turn off same. the cat water fountain sometimes, yeah, like cannot listen to music when he's reading, but I love reading music. And a listener wrote in a while ago to suggest reading to video game music, which is designed mm. to be in the background while you complete another task. And man, that was a hot book tip. Oh yeah. Super flaming hot book tip it was i i love it it's definitely a great thing to try if you get easily distracted or have a hard time focusing um i think it can really help at least it helps for me it feels like it gives my brain that distracted part of my brain something to like focus on while the rest of my brain can focus on reading and hot tip from from your old friend mallory here if you match the soundtrack that the video game music that you're listening to to the genre of your book yes um scary game for a horror book you know fantasy game for a fantasy book etc it can make the experience more immersive it can make a scary book more scary uh it just feels like it really feels I don't know. It's just, it's so fun. Like I, I love it. It feels like you're in the book. You're really just like, it makes the experience so nice. I highly recommend it. I definitely think it helps me with focus. Um, I love it. And yeah. we, if you, uh, we've had a few people write in, but if you have a video game soundtrack that you love to read to write it and tell me about it. Cause I want to listen to it and I want to try, nice. um, you can send your thoughts on setting a reading mood and focusing on reading to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we answer a reader question, we're going to take a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Nightfire, publisher of What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. Y'all know we love T. Kingfisher. We talk about T. Kingfisher's books all the time, and we are so excited for this one. This is a reimagining, y'all know you love reimaginings, of The Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe. Wow. Very exciting. Okay, I'm going to tell you what it is. This novella features a nightmare of fungal growths. Ugh, a real glasser favorite. Possessed wildlife, a dark pulsing lake, and all the squishy, cozy energy you could want from Kingfisher. The hardcover edition is positively gorgeous, featuring a gold foil stamp on the casing and custom end papers illustrated by the author. Wow, that is amazing. You can go all sorts of ways with this. This edition is what we call an artifact, and you will definitely want this one on your shelf. Wow, this sounds amazing. Again, y'all know we love the twisted ones. We loved the hollow places. We love nettle and bone. Wow, this is just the latest by T. Kingfisher. You gotta get this special book. This sounds amazing. So What Moves the Dead is on sale now wherever books are sold. What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. Glasses. Hi, I'm Biz, host of One Bad Mother. Whether you're a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I signed my stepson up for a camp that is actually in another state. I feel really stupid, and I don't think we're going to get the money back. And then he found out that the car manual is a book about cars, so now he's reading our car manual. We have... 
So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org, and yes, there will be swears. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Emily writes in, ladies. Ladies. I love that. It feels like she's like, she's walking into a bar or something. I love it. Um, She says, ladies, I'm participating in your reading challenge this year, but one question is plaguing me. What counts as a series? One of the challenges is to read the first book in a series. Now in Glasser's world, does that, oh man, I want to go to Glasser's world. I think you already live there. You're already in Glasser's world. (laughs) Uh, Does that mean I can read the first book in a trilogy or a quartet? Or does the series need to be boxcar children <laughs> length i know i'm overthinking it but i would love your opinion sincerely an anxious obsessive rule follower bria what is the answer to emily's question mallory can relate also an anxious obsessive rule follower um okay i think if there's more than one we're sorry we don't spe- we know there's a lot of rule followers who listen to glass gla- reading glasses so we're sorry we didn't specify i think if there's more than one you can count it I think it's fine. And if there's the promise of more than one, I think that's also <laughs> fine. So if you're reading one and it's like, or you see it, here's here's what you should look for. If At the library or Go something. Go to Goodreads yeah, or the library. Yeah, it'll say in parentheses, you know, uh, you know, book series name, whatever, number one. Um, and that's how, how you will know. And I, I, the reason I'm saying the promised one is because I think I read one that's just the promise of it. There may be a second one, but there's not a third yet. But I, I'm mm-hmm. saying if there's a promise of it, you can go ahead and count it. Um, what do you think, Mallory? On one hand, I want to say anything past a duology because the actual definition of a book series is a sequence of books that have characteristics in common that allow them to be organized as a group. And because two can't be a group... Because what is it? Two is a something. Three is a party. Four is a crowd. <laughs> I don't know. Five is a. Yeah, I don't know. Five don't is know. a. Anything quartet? Cor- anything? No? I don't know. Any a, 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 anything a party and beyond <laughs> technically counts as a series. Um, but because it's reading glasses, I would say that if there's a duology that you're dying to read and you want to count the first book for the challenge, I promise you, we're not going to give a shit. Yeah. Uh, in my personal life, Emily, I am just like you. I am an anxious, obsessive rule follower. But you know, here on Reading Glasses, we just advocate on anything that makes you happy and want to read. The whole purpose of the Reading Glasses Challenge is to expand both Bri and I's horizons and also all the Glasser's horizons. And I put this on the challenge specifically because I want I had been series shy for a really long time. And I wanted to get back into reading series. And it really did help. Um, yeah, like you would so, see that that parentheses that said, this series, number one, and you'd be like, I'm not one. going to read it. And like, Oh, yeah, I would literally not even pick it up. Yeah, because and so I was we're encouraging in people to do that, which is why we're like, read that book, number one. See if you like number one. Yes. So if there, you know, there's a lot of big duologies out there right now. The Hannah Witten books are a great example for The Wolf and for The Throne. Um, so I would say any story that extends beyond, that expands beyond one book. Yeah. You know, and whether that is, uh, you know, it's the first book in a three book series, first book in a 30 book series. It is all fine. I promise you we're not going to care. The book police are not going to give you a ticket. Um, anything that is a book number one. The book police I give you a that. ticket, but it looks like a little cute bookmark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where would they st- like they wouldn't stick it under the um, under the wiper blades of your car. Where would they, they would they, just stick it in your book, in your book. They come up to your book and then give you. Yeah, they put it in the book. 
Yeah. <laughs> Very we won't, they will not do that for this. It's kind of a cute book police, honestly. It sounds kind of adorable. <laughs> I, the, the book police probably are pretty cute, but we still hate them anyways. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, so if there's uh, any length of trilogy, anything that is a number one, anything that is beyond one book. Maybe the I book police say. has that dog from Cookie Crisp, you know, who howls after what? the crunch. <laughs> Isn't that a police dog? The police dog from Cookie Crisp? And I'm like, Cookie Crisp. That's the a well-trained cereal? dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had like a dog that would like, maybe that wasn't a police dog. I, I think, I feel like it was though. I'm looking this up right now. The Cookie Crisp even, dog? I, Cookie crisp dog. Is he not in yeah. a police uniform? Is he in a little police uniform? There are police involved, but he's just wearing a little red shirt. Oh, you're right. But, uh, that's not the dog I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. It is a policeman who has like an old timey police hat on, and then there was like a man stealing who looks sort of like the hamburger from yeah, and then there was a dog and he'd be like, Kooky crisp. Yeah, maybe, I can't, but I can't figure out if the dog is defending the cookie crisp or the dog also wants the cookie crisp. I just have to say this. It's weird that the um, the policemen in these, I'm looking at like the 80s version, have, um, <laughs> he has like a baton. Like he's what, beating yes. the people who don't want, who are, oh, wow, yeah. there's a whole article called the Confusing Cookie Crisp Mascot History. I'm reading uh, on MASH. I'm reading the same one. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're, we'll, we'll link to this so we all can figure out uh, co- Cookie Crisp. <laughs> but regardless, we will not let the Cookie Crisp man near your book. Um, anything, any, I'll, I'm very interested to hear Glasser opinions on this, but I would say any, num, any book that is a number one, that, that specifically mm-hmm. says number one, whether that's two books or, or 50, totally counts. So Emily, you are absolved of all of your book guilt. Um, whatever, and also let us know what you end up reading. And if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail dot com. Time to answer a recommendation request from Lily, who writes in, Hello, Bria and Mallory. First of all, I want to say how much I love the show, especially the way you encourage and validate reading in all forms. I have a recommendation request. I have recently read a a lot of novels by Frances Harding and Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. I enjoy these stories because they center female protagonists and blend fantasy elements into everyday life. However, the main characters of these books all seem to be between the ages of 13 to 20. Can you recommend similar feminist magic realist fiction with characters who are older anywhere between 30 and 1,000? My wheelhouse includes supernatural themes, fake relationships, books set in the Bay Area or other Northern California locations, ghosts, BIPOC, and female authors. P.S. Mallory, your books are incredible. You're such a smart... Oh, this is so nice. Saying very nice things about Lady from the Black Lagoon and Girly Drinks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Bria, what should uh, Lily read? Should I do my favorite? I thought you were going to go Twisted Ones for this. I don't know if she's in her 30s. I feel like she's in her 20s. I think she is. I think she's in her 40s. What? In my head, she's in her 20s. There was another one that I had, I was like, because I, I was thinking Cackle, but I couldn't remember how old she was. Maybe she's- I almost did the same one, but I think she's in her 20s. I think so too. Well, I was going to maybe think Sourdough. I can't remember how old that protagonist is, but I know she's like restarting over. But I don't think it's fantastical enough for Lily if Lily is going like Sylvia Marina Garcia. So yeah. I, I was thinking maybe All's Well by Mona Awad. It's about a theater teacher who meets- Having a lot of trouble, uh, definitely over 30. I can't remember how old she is. I want to say she's in her 40s or 50s, maybe Actually, even. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, And she she's... meets three strangers who are going to help her with her shitty theater kids. It is super dark. It has a really fascinating, dark, not-that-nice female protagonist, but I think it's super feminist, and she's like an adult woman with complicated feelings, and 
kind of not that nice. And I sort of appreciate that about her. She's just like been through a lot and like isn't taking yes. shit anymore. Um, not always making the best decisions, but it has this magical realism element, kind of fantastical element to it that I think mm-hmm. maybe that Lily is wanting. Um, what do you have for Lily? Um, I, I'm so sorry to everyone because I have to, I keep recommending this book. I feel like I have to retire this book and put it in the Hall of Fame <laughs> next to Priest Daddy. It's Empire of Wild by Cherie Demeline. Uh, it ticks a bunch of boxes. We got the protagonist. She's in her, she, she's in her early 30s, but she is in her 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, we got supernatural themes. We got a BIPOC and, and female author. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it so much on the show, but I really think it's a great book to read if you love Mexican Gothic. It's a very feminist, female-focused, fantastical book that's not like totally fantasy or totally horror. It definitely has some like literary elements. Yeah. Um, We've, we've talked about this book ad nauseum, but I will say again, it's about this um, woman and she, her, when we meet her, she's in, she lives in a, a native community in Canada. And when we start the book, her husband has been disappeared for the past year. She still doesn't know what happened. She doesn't want to believe that he's dead. Um, she's dealing with like family stuff. Um, and then one day she's hungover in a Walmart parking lot and goes into uh, this revival Christian, Christian revival tent that is set up in the parking lot. And there is her husband preaching to the crowd and he does not recognize her and seems to be a slightly different type of person. Uh, and it goes from there. It is a werewolfy story. So there's like, there's, it's, it's, it's like, Mexican Gothic. It's got like horror elements, kind of fantasy elements, but it's very female focused. Um, and Brie and I are both just obsessed with this book. We've recommended it a million times. I really think it'll tick a lot of boxes for Lily. Um, so mine is uh, Empire of Wild by Cherie Dimaline. And mine is All's Well by Mona Awad. So you can send your recommendation request to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy so much cool stuff on our Void March store. We got shirts and sweatshirts and mugs and totes, all your reading needs. You can read on your couch while sipping out of a reading glasses mug and a reading glasses sweatshirt leaning on a reading glasses pillow. There's so many (laughs) cool designs, not just ones that say reading glasses. We have ones that say libraries are fucking awesome or libraries are flipping awesome. Book slut, uh, ones that say reading and Mallory and glasses and Bria and podcast, which is really cute. Ones with cats on them, ones with glasses on them. There's so many cool designs. Jordan really knocked it out of the park. We love it. Uh, There's a link in the show notes for that. And if you like the show and you want to do something nice for us and you're like, man, I just don't have uh, the budget right now to buy a bunch of reading glasses stuff. We get it. That's totally fine. You can do something really nice for us, but that's totally for free by rating and reviewing us on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's great for us and helps us get more listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks thanks for reading. reading.